Welcome to the Recruitment Aversion. In this week's episode, we will be discussing trends that recruiters need to look out for in 2023. So to get started, um, I, I think the biggest point that I wanted to make in this episode is the fact that recruitment is massively changing and Mm -hmm. now it's sort of less of a sales type job and more of a marketing job because you know now we have to look at different ways to attract talent and we have to think of it more like marketing professionals do to sort of get that you know talent in especially convince them that they want this job as well yeah and I guess you can say that the best because you work on marketing roles so you can see how alike our roles are now becoming. Mm. And I think you're right. We definitely look need to look at it as more as marketers and we have to attract the best candidates. What marketing material do we need to put out there? Yeah, and definitely. how do we get the creme de la... Yeah, creme de la creme. Creme de la creme, there you go. <laughs> well, I was going to say crop. <laughs> oh, cream of the crop. Yeah, same thing. That too. We Two also want together. that. <laughs> um, and I think the biggest thing following on from that is becoming more people first Mm. employment putting our candidates before anything else and not like you said not working even though we are salespeople, how do we strip that back and make it more of a niche of we are dealing with one person let's make them feel really important than it being kind of a numbers game and just Mm. trying to you know get those sales out yeah, and I think that sort of sales personality can, for a lot of people, provide a bit of a barrier because they feel like they're being sold something. And I think naturally as humans, when you're being sold something, you put your guard up. Yeah, and you're like, no, I don't why, want that job. Yeah, why are you coming towards me with that? But, you know, if you are more personable and, and you say, look, I'm here to help you, mm-hmm. what do you want first? And then you tell them about the job that hopefully matches yeah. what they already said rather than, hi, seen your CV, I've got this job. It does X, Y, Z. Do you want it? Yes or no? Yeah, and I think the biggest thing from that is you can pick up a CV and you can see that they might have a skill set. You ring them up to say, this is the job I have. Let's go through your skill set, what you've done. And they might not have the same. And then you're like, okay, bye. Yeah. (laughs) No, you get to get to know that candidate, see what you can do to help. I think the whole, yeah, you don't, you don't fit that role. Okay. Bye. I don't want to talk Mm. to you. That's just not. Yeah. A lot of it now is about relationship building. You call them about one job. And then, okay, okay, that's maybe not right for you, but cool. Now I've got a good idea of what you do want. I'll call you back in a week when I've got something else on that might match yeah. what you're looking for. Or let's try and find you something yeah. that could match. So I think it is, I think that's where that people first employment comes mm-hmm. in. Let's pick great candidates that we can then take out to the market and help and, like you said, build those relationships with. Definitely, definitely. And I think we're finding more now that, you know, I think it used to be a case of you gather, you know, say 10 candidates for a role you send Mm -hmm. them across these are their cvs but it's not that anymore because now you know we sell the job to the candidate and then we need to sell each candidate's unique skills and their unique reason why they would be good for the role back to the client so everything is case by case you can't literally just quickly speak to a couple of people and fling them across you've literally got to take your time with each person's recruitment process and i think you almost have to see it as though each candidate is you applying for yeah. a job on their behalf. So you have to take care in the application. That's why we get so disheartened, though, because mm. it is when we get rejected for a candidate, it's we yeah, are being we feel rejected. rejected. We have gone out. We have got to know this person. Mm. We think they're right for the role. We have spent so much time with that candidate getting to know them, knowing that they could do the role just if, you know, get them in front of you. So when it, it we do take it to heart, that's why we take it to heart, yeah. I guess, is because mm. we do put that effort in. But I think that says a lot about us when we 
spend all that time with that candidate where we really get to know them. So do we have the time to get to know 10 candidates? No. no. So if we send you just two or three, it's because they are the best candidates for your role. Yeah, I think. Anyway. Definitely. Definitely. And I think as well, you know, it's, you know, we try and say this to our clients all the time, that it's really not as easy as it used to be no. because we do have a lot working against us and we do have candidates now they know that's a candidate driven market and they are saying no you know even yeah. before hearing about a job you know they are really picky and you know fair enough um but you know sometimes before you even have an initial screening call with a candidate they'll come back to you and they'll say no I'm not interested mm. or before I talk to you about this can you tell me if the company can offer me hybrid working yeah. and then you have to go back and say look I know you didn't want to offer hybrid there's a candidate might be interested yeah. but they need hybrid is this doable and then if they're like yes then you go back and yeah. then you tell them about the that's role. when that consultative consultative side comes through yeah yeah I think you need to be able to consult with your client with mm -hmm. your candidate and just piggybacking off what you said about candidates saying no sometimes they can just see a title or they can see a little bit and they just say no but once you get to know that candidate and they tell you what they're actually looking for it's actually the right role so yeah. it's actually then being consultative again and talking to them about what they do actually want mm -hmm. and making them realize that that is the role yeah, definitely. And I, I think, again, that just goes back to why it's so important to tell the candidate, you know, I'm here to help you. You yeah. tell me what you want first, because a lot of candidates, you know, some of them will push back and you'll call them up and you say, OK, you know, before we get into the role, tell me about you. What are you looking for? And they're like, no, tell me about the role first and then yeah. I'll tell you if it's a good fit. But, you know, that that only works for, you know, this job. We're trying to build long term relationships. Yeah. Like we said, we're trying to help them in the long run, get a better understanding of, you know, what they're looking for. And always remember as well, if that role isn't for you, it, we can always help with another role. We can always help find you something. So we we're getting we're trying to get to know you so that we can take you out to the market and we can help you. So it isn't a yes or no tick box kind yeah. of exercise. And I think that in itself is you know a, a new trend in recruitment at the moment where we are you know working on behalf of the candidate rather than working on behalf of the client. Yeah. So now, you know, we've got a call of candidates and we are actually actively taking them out to markets, find opportunities yeah. for, for them rather than just approaching them with whatever opportunities we've got on at the time. Um, and, you know, I'm finding as well, there's a lot of inbound, you know, it's rather than me calling candidates saying, hi, you know, could you be mm -hmm. interested in this? They're coming to me saying, hi, I've seen you on LinkedIn. Here's my CV. Yeah. Can you find me a job? Um, and that's something that, I think is very different. And, and I think what that shows is that people are seeing the value in using a recruiter yeah. and they are saying, you know, I want a new job. Let me sort of have this person fighting my corner for I me. I think so. And I think that's kind of where creating our talent pool mm. comes in, where we are getting really great candidates, getting to know them, and we are helping them find a job. Mm. And that's where we want to be able to create. I think it's easier to create a talent pool when you have a niche. Yes. So then we work on certain jobs. We work in one criteria. We have already candidates in the mix that we know we can help find something. Mm. And that's where you create your talent pool from. Definitely. And it's it's a long-term thing. Because, yeah. you know, we'll you know, do a search in the system and say, oh, okay, you know, this person's back on the market. I can see here that I actually spoke to them a year ago yeah. and they said they wanted X, Y, Z. I've actually got something now that does match. So mm -hmm. it is 
I think it is playing the long game, really, with, with a recruiter, so. because you can make those long-term relationships. And even if there's not something imminently, there will, yeah. you know, more likely than not be something for you. And I think that works for client as well. We could mm. see a job. We might have missed it last time. However, this time we know what you wanted and we might be able to help you fill that a lot easier as well. Mm. So I think it works both ways just because it didn't work out the previous time doesn't mean that now we have all that information we can't help definitely so I think creating a talent pool on both ends I guess Mm, absolutely and I think as well you know um there are so many new technologies and things that are coming out now um that are changing the way that recruitment Mm -hmm. is done um you know I know a lot of people are using AI tools like copy AI to sort of speed up processes write their job adverts and things like that I mean I for one hate writing yeah. job adverts so maybe it's something we, we we should see what you know how it works i mean i don't know if it would ever be able to fully replace yeah that you know, human feeling yeah. of a job ad and i think sometimes a job ad is really important when mm. it comes to that because you can add your personality to it yeah. so would that i don't know if that would work i don't know it's definitely an interesting one i would want to sort of have a look yeah. and just see what the results it gives because i do find that writing a job advert is it takes mundane. a lot of brain yeah. power <laughs> it's mundane but then you also don't want all your job ads sounding the same That's so I, I don't know i think it'd be interesting to look at mm. i think we'd probably use it and we were like nah yeah <laughs> i want to add our own personal touch onto that mm. and i think I guess it depends on the job. For you, marketing-wise, it kind of has that creative process to it. So it might be a bit difficult. But for me, when a finance job ad is literally, you need to be able to do this, this, and this, and this. Have you done this? Can you do this? Yeah. Yeah. So it might work on certain jobs. I don't Mm. know if it would work on all. So, yeah, I guess we just have to see how the use of AI is going to work out in the year. Yeah. I mean, for me, I know that very very few of my placements actually come from job adverts anyway and that that is a trend I did want to talk about it I feel like my role now is more of a headhunter than Mm -hmm. a recruiter at least in the traditional sense because you know I am you know most of the candidates I'm putting forward for interview and who are getting the jobs and accepting them are people who weren't in the market and I've actually approached them directly saying you know I know you you may not be in the market you've been in your company a very long time I've got a role that sort of looks you know at first glance like a logical step can we have a chat and a lot of people are really interested in that because it makes them feel special yeah and and I think a lot of people you know they might be really unhappy in their job but the thought of going out and looking yeah, for a going job back into and, the market yeah, is stressful. but if you're directly approached with you know sort of a one-hit wonder a job that's really going to yeah. tick all your boxes you haven't had to scroll through indeed for mm-hmm. pages and pages then you know it's definitely something it that yeah but definitely can we talk about how much it hurts when that person you've headhunted then says oh actually i've seen another job that i'm interested yeah. in because it's like hello you didn't even yeah. want to be in the market until i made you think about it yeah. yeah that's horrible but i think you're right i think headhunting i think it is changing i think we are working more as headhunters Definitely. unless you've got i guess like you said it depends on the job but in your sector and in mine it is about finding people and putting them into it. it they're not always going to be on the market. No. So no, I think you're right. And there. obviously it does come with its own risks because, you know, that is, I think that increases the chances of counter offers yeah. or people changing their mind and saying, Oh, actually, no, I am really comfortable where I am. Yeah. Let, let's not do that. Or they might want to on a whim. And then after they've interviewed and they've thought about it, they've gone, Oh no, I really like my company. Yeah. And that's <laughs> yeah. when it stings. Yeah. So yeah, no, I agree with you. And I guess our last one, where it comes to kind of what will be changing the market is I think a lot of companies will be using data 
to mm. predict kind of their hiring options and just working towards that. I don't personally agree with it all the time. Yeah. I think sometimes the data does not replace that human feel of interview and, and what you can gather from a few interviews. I don't think it correlates mm, sometimes. Yeah. No, that, that's very true. I mean, I, I do think we are using data in a different sense personally. Like, yeah. you know, say if we've spoken to um, a client and we've said, look, the salary isn't where it needs to be, we will obviously come back mm-hmm. with our own sets of data to prove that. But in terms of some of the internal data processes that companies mm-hmm. do, some of them aren't right. And I think they probably overlook certain yeah. things and candidates because there are some people that – you just need to sit in front of them, have a chat with them, and yeah. then you'll realise that they're right for the job. I don't think a lot of people can just be written off because the data says something. I think so. And I guess that's where our consultative side comes in because mm. a candidate will say that to us or a client will and we'll have to go back and educate them on why that's probably not the best move to make. No, no, exactly. But, I mean, it's it's really interesting because, obviously, we're only, you know, a month into into the new year and already we are noticing different trends, trends and things. So yeah. it would be interesting for us to sort of catch up again sort of mid-year or even yeah. the end of the year and see sort of how these, if any of if these... predictions keep going. Yeah, I mean, some of these might just absolutely drown and, and might never become we a might thing. Have been or, wrong, yeah. Yeah, but some of them might, you know, completely sort of... Um, become the new yeah. the new way of recruiting so it will be interesting to sort of come back to this conversation and have a look but we'd also be interested to hear our listeners thoughts yeah. on where they see the market going yeah definitely well leave a comment and just let us know what you think is going to happen in the market but thank you for listening to us this week tune in next